This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is that time again. Welcome into the Believe in Titans podcast for the first full week in March. One deadline has passed. Uh, another key date coming up in a uh, in a week or so. So the uh, the off season is is picking up steam, and we are here to look at that and uh, and some other things with our our usual panel. Former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing good this evening. How you doing, David? Doing great. John great. Glennon, how are you, sir? I'm well. Hope you guys are. Good to hear it. And I am David Beauclair. And, and a reminder that this is the uh, the Believe in Titans podcast, which is brought to you by Bet Online. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any game or sport imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to join. And excuse me, let's do that again. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag. It's where the game starts. All right, one of the more interesting developments of the last few days gentlemen is that the titans are shopping derrick henry or they're not shopping derrick henry depending on uh depending on which report you uh you saw and or want to believe so uh um uh, denard walker i'll start with you is it possible to imagine the tennessee titans in 2023 without derrick henry i can't imagine it it, it wouldn't look right um uh... And who uh, who you got to bring in? You know, that's the interesting question. Uh, I just, I don't see it. I, this is a move that I don't see Rand Carthon uh, making because, man, if it goes wrong, he might be out of Nashville within the first six months. <laughs> it, it, it would be, it would be kind of an all or nothing uh, proposition, yeah. I guess, you, you know, because let, let's face it, he, he looked like a guy who's, whose best days are behind him, but is still pretty darn good considering he finished second in the league in rushing this year, ha- having missed a game. Um, you know, that there he's coming up on that magical age, if you will, for running backs at 30. And, 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 you know, it's when you need to start considering these things with running backs, but, but yeah, it, 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 it we've said it before. If anybody, there is that sense that if anybody can, can buck the trends for 
running back longevity and productivity. It's uh, it, it's Derrick Henry. So, so John, I mean, what did you make of the uh, of the, the 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 conflicting reports there? How do you how do you sort through it? Yeah, I, I think it's fair um, to say there's a little bit of both probably going on. You know, I don't know for a fact, but uh, judging from what both reports were, I, I think it's probably fair to think that the Titans were at least gauging interest on on a potential Derrick Henry trade, gauging what value he might have on the trade market, which I think is different from actively and aggressively shopping a player you know looking looking for a trade say you know we're, we're really looking to, to move on um, but to me just the fact that you are kind of testing the waters if that was the case is something new you know that that is a development that we have not yet seen uh with Derek Henry and you know obviously with anything the pros and cons and and uh you know Derek Henry is the guy who last year ran for you know over 1500 yards and 13 touchdowns again and uh, you know, had, had the second highest, uh, you know, PFF grade of his career last year, playing behind a crappy offensive line. So those, you know, you, you look at that and you say, how can they possibly let him go? On the other hand, numbers are, you know, declining uh, in some areas over the last couple of years. You know, everything from the basics, uh, you know, yards per carry, 4.3 and 4.4 the last couple of years, as opposed to like around five for, his, you know, the, the previous three seasons. The longer runs, you know, we're, we're not quite seeing quite as many, not as many broken tackles, that kind of thing. He's he's getting closer to, to 30, as you mentioned. So you wonder, you know, and you, you raise the question of that old kind of Bill Belichick philosophy of, you know, you want to move away from a player, move on from a player. You'd rather do it a year early as opposed to a year late, reason being, you know, you can still get some some good value for for Derrick Henry at this point, whereas maybe you know if, if he if he the decline continues this year, and, and granted, it is not by any means a big decline, uh, um, but but if it did continue this year, and you're again trying in this position next year, value is probably less that you might get in a trade. Well, and you know, Denard makes an excellent point in that Rand Carthen hasn't been on the job long, right? So there's probably right. no sacred cows on on this roster with him. Like if you're John Robinson and 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 Derrick Henry, you, you've watched Derrick, you drafted Derrick Henry, and you've watched him you know, do the things he has done for this franchise and win you football games almost single handedly. You know, you you feel a certain allegiance and and a certain you know whatever it is you 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 know you need to honor this guy and and what have you and and you know Rand Carthen doesn't have that connection with him so if uh you know if people do call with trade offers I'm sure he I'm sure he is willing to discuss but the Titans are in a good they're in a good situation with him too it, you know if he suddenly falls off the the cliff this year and he's terrible you know there's there's only one year left on his contract and the odds of that happening let's face it are are, are pretty darn slim I mean he even even if like you point out john if, if he continues to decline it's not a steep decline at this point oh, oh my gosh what if he only has 1200 yards and uh and, and hassan haskins has to carry 50 more times this year than he did last year whatever you know like that that's hardly the worst thing and then uh and then then you you, you know he plays out this contract everybody sees the writing on the wall and and you say it's uh it's time to move on but uh 
but it i you know i i, I agree you know i asked denard it 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 would be it would be incredibly strange at this point to see Derrick Henry in another uniform. I mean, it it would be it would be as hard as seeing Eddie George in a Dallas Cowboys uniform, or uh, uh, you know, I, I I don't I can't even think of a, another example except maybe Denard Walker in a Minnesota Vikings uniform. Easy, you shouldn't have mentioned Minnesota. All <laughs> places. it's it's true, but but you know, uh, to that point, David, we we have over the years, you know, over the decades. We have seen, you know, plenty of, of big name players, uh, you know, playing in different uniforms at the end of their career. You know, I mean, did we ever see Randy Moss playing in a Titans uniform, for for instance? That that looked a little unusual. And that's just, just one of many. We've certainly seen, you know, many quarterbacks over the years playing in some un, unusual uniforms at the end of their career. But, yeah, I, I wanted to add also in, in reference to what Denard said at the beginning, too, uh, we have big, big. Uh, I guess ballsy move for Rand Carthen if if he is going to go through with this because not only is that yeah one of one of your first moves on the job you know is is to move away a legend you know a, a likely Hall of Famer um, but you have to also keep in mind that the return isn't as big I, I don't think as as people might believe because you know teams would be looking for what Derrick Henry could bring to them now and in the future as opposed to everything that Derrick Henry had brought to the Titans to this point, you know, so it's not going to be like one of those massive, Hey, we're getting two firsts and two thirds, you know? And, and I think a lot of people would be, would be surprised by that. And there would be some backlash to that. So if Rand Carthen wants to make a move like that, he, he better, uh, he better buckle up. Yeah. It, yeah you know, if Tom, if, if Tom Brady can leave new England, uh, you, you know, anything I think is possible. Yeah. In, in this league. And uh, I think it's, I think it's important to know you, you make a great point, John, in that, you know, Derrick Henry's value to the Titans is probably greater or at least perceived value is, is greater than it would be for any other franchise. And, and there's this too, you know, people, people probably see Derrick Henry's weekly press conferences and whatnot, and they are, they are incredibly boring. And he, you know, he does, he does everything he can to say as little as possible, which which belies the kind of personality he, he, he has and and what he adds to this locker room. He is a very important part uh, of this team and, and the, the overall attitude of the room and an and, and underappreciated leader in terms of what he does. And, and Denard, I want to ask you, like, those kinds of elements, if, if you were to take a guy like that out of this locker room, uh, you know, knowing knowing how central a figure he is, what what how hard would that be for the the fifty two guys who who are left behind in that case? You think it, that would be very hard because you're talking about the face of your franchise. This is not just any player. This is the king. I mean, David, listen. The way that you're judged in this league is how productive you are. You're talking about the former second rounder out of Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner. Four times in seven seasons, he's rushed for over a thousand years. And let's not forget he has eclipsed the 2000 yard mark. And in 2021, when he went down with that foot injury, that's not his fault. That happens to, that can happen to anybody. He was on what getting ready to have a second consecutive 2000 yard season. I mean, he was on fire and he was on pace for another big season until that injury 
And then he comes back in the playoff game against Cincinnati. You know, think about that. You can't coach that, David. That's hard. That's resilient. How many players you know, they would have milked it and said, listen, I'm not going to come back and risk my career, you know, for one playoff game. Really? I got, you know, three, four, five more years to think about, but not the king. He came back anyways. You can't coach that. That's the DNA of Tennessee. That's Derrick Henry. Look at the way that he won, the passion. We saw that last year. We talked about the fumbles. You know, we've never seen that in his career before. A lot of that was second effort fumbles. You can't coach that. That's just a guy going out there trying to do a little bit more. You not only lose a leader, you lose the pulse of your team. And let's not forget, David, it's the old subtraction from addition rule. So let's say if Rand Carthon made the move to go ahead and trade Derek, who do you replace him with? Yeah. Do you think Hassan Haskins is right now, he's ready to take on that role? Or think about the top free agents out there right now. Would you go out to David Montgomery? He's had a history of injuries. He's only 25 because we know in this league, they're always looking to get younger. You're going to go with Devin Singletary out of Buffalo. I know he has some productive years, but I don't think he's the answer. What about Miles Sanders, you know, with Philly? Do you, I know he's a great athlete. He's got great abilities, but again, he's not a, a every down back. Derek is a every down back. He's a four down back. How many guys in this league that you can say at the running back position other than Saquon is a four down back? Yeah, it's it, it's a great question. I, you know, and I threw I threw Saquon Barkley out there last week as a uh, as a potential free agent target for the Titans and what that would mean for Derrick Henry. We had a good laugh about that at the uh, at, at the end of the podcast. But uh, you know, these kinds of discussions are going to get serious now. We're a week away from the uh, the quote unquote legal tampering period, which is uh, which is you know the the negotiate the free agent negotiating period, and then uh, and then the signing period it starts a, a couple days after that and uh, uh interestingly enough one of the guys you brought up Denard Orlando Brown it looks like is going to be a free agent and and a guy a, a, a Titan who we know will be in another uniform or I guess possibly it seems like he wants to be in another uniform now is Taylor Lewan and, and Lewan is making his batting eyes you know quite figuratively on social media at, at the Chiefs at this point so uh um, you know, we, we all know that the, you know, the offensive line issues this past year is, you know, sh- should Orlando Brown be the number one guy on that, uh, on that free agent wish list for the Titans at this point? Denard. Oh, well, yeah. Either <laughs> that or, Cause when, well, you know, I actually did pretty much a whole podcast yeah. on Orlando Brown jr. Baby Zeus, six foot eight, 300 plus pounds. But I think he would be a huge asset. You're talking about one of the most dynamic left tackles in the league today, not to mention he's coming off of a Super Bowl. David, you know what they say is that teams go out looking for winners. Man, when you win a Super Bowl or you've been to the playoffs, guess what? It opens up so many opportunities uh, for your organization because that's what organizations want. They want to bring over that winning, I call it that winning ways, and Orlando Brown would be a huge asset. You got a we don't know the situation with Nate Davis. You know Ben Jones is considering retirement. And so when you're talking about you have a young right tackle in Nicholas Petit Frere. Let's say if Ben Jones comes back for one more year, you add the baby Zeus at left tackle. Then let's say you sign Nate Davis 
And man, you're talking about a, a top offensive line. You got a 29 year old running back. You have a 35 year old quarterback. You need someone at that left tackle position to protect Rod. Let's not forget Kansas City has the best, the MVP in the National Football League, and Patrick Mahomes, who protected his who protected his blind side. Orlando Brown Jr. Orlando Brown Jr. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, so I guess the question, John Glennon, is can the Titans afford Orlando Brown Jr. or somebody like him? You know, can can they be in the, the market for the, the the best of the best free agents this year? Yeah, that, that is kind of the, the key dynamic there. I think, as, as Denard referenced, I think if you're if you're looking for a free agent left tackle, I mean, he is head and shoulders uh, above the, the rest of the group, you know, that. Uh, you, you look further there, there are some good tackles on the market, but most of them are, you know, primarily right tackles. Uh, you know, one, one under left tackle that, uh, that got released recently, uh, you know, Donovan Smith was, is a, you know, been a long time starter for Tampa Bay. Uh, he's not coming off a, a particularly good year. Uh, gave up a lot, a lot of pressures, hurries, uh, and so forth. So I don't, I don't think he's necessarily, you know, the, the answer at left tackle, but, one question I would like to get answered as well is that is there and and you know this has been asked of of Mike Rabel and and uh, you know previously John Robinson also but is there any chance that you move Nicholas Petit Frere from right to left he has played plenty of left in college uh, you know are is there any thought process that they might do that is he good enough to be a a good left tackle if so. Maybe you go ahead and do that this year, and then you you look at free agency as a right tackle situation. And I think there are more right tackles out there. You know, Caleb McGarry uh, was released by Atlanta. He's a, he's coming off a really good year, and and of course the system in Atlanta, you know, obviously has, has a lot of ties and similarities to the to the Titans as well. Uh, Mike McGlinchey of San Francisco uh, is is another good one uh, as well. Uh, and there are probably a couple other ones that I'm that I'm missing as well uh, as far as right tackles. So that that to me is one strategy that would kind of cut down the cost. As if you're going after a free agent left tackle with a guy like Orlando Brown's experience and and accolades over the years, you're gonna you're gonna pay top dollar. And if you pay top dollar there, do you have enough money left to address you know if you want a wide receiver? Uh, you know, if if you want, you know, other positions to fill on the offensive line. So you got to you got to answer that question, I think, as well. And and also the question of, you know, there are going to be some good potential left tackles coming up here in the draft as well. Uh, and I think the Titans, even if they, you know, if they stay at 11, should be at a, at a spot where they could get a pretty good left tackle. So maybe again, maybe you go that route for your uh, for your primary left tackle, uh, you know, and you've got a couple of bookends in, in and in a stud first rounder, you know, paired with uh, Nicholas petit Frere over uh, on the on the right side. Are, are we in agreement, though, that uh, that, that Dylan Radens is right. not going to be a starting tackle in this league? I, I, I mean, are, I, I mean, I kind of feel that way. I, I almost feel like Radens might be the answer at left guard. You know, Aaron Brewer was was game but but certainly got pushed around at times uh you know was was not a guy who who dominated or, or even held up sort of week in and week out i, I think you need a uh i think you need a a bigger body a, a, a little bit of a different type in there and, and maybe it's time to just say 
Dylan Radens is uh, is now the left guard, and and if he can't make it there, then you know you know then then we're going to be done with him and and worry about your tackle situation, like you say, John. Pick a side for Petit Frere, and then and then fill in the other one, and and, and go from there. Any anybody have any any arguments with that plan, or or is there uh, or, or should they should they go get somebody at at, at left guard as well, Denard? Do you think? That was interesting because you took the. I was just about to say how disappointing uh, I was in you and John because I think all of us forgot that wasn't Dylan Ratens your second round pick in 2021, and wasn't he an All American at North Dakota State at the left tackle position? And we talked about his struggles, David, but you you alluded to the fact that when there was a battle between him and Nicholas, so now that they moved Nicholas Petit Frere to the right tackle position, you said that it, it might be good for Dylan because he wins the consolation prize at left tackle. He yeah. goes back to his natural position. So, I mean, this can be huge, not to mention he's going into his third year. This is a pivotal year for Dylan Raisin because this organization needs to see, is he worth signing down the line or do we go ahead and cut ties with this guy if he can't make it at that left tackle position? I know what they used, they used to do that to us back in the year. They give you, you had four years, but you had about three years to prove yourself. If not, then what happens is you're gone. So I would love to see where they have. They can plug in Dylan Ratings, and I hope that he can step up. You have Nicholas Petit Frere at the right tackle position because you have so many needs right now. And you're talking about when you go out and and you're going to get a left tackle, you know you're going to have to pay someone like Orlando Brown Jr. a lot of money. And not to mention, you got the big man, Jeffrey Simmons, making a lot of noise on social media. Yeah. Um, so, so John, we'll, we'll say this too. There's a there's a new offensive line coach, a, a new offensive coordinator. How much do you think a clean slate with, with – some of those coaches too helps a guy like Radens and and gives him gives him an opportunity to sort of reboot, if you will. Yeah, I think it'll certainly help. I mean, but I guess first off, you know, we have to remember about Dylan Radens is that he tore an ACL, you know, fairly late in the season uh, as well. So there's always that question of you know when exactly is he going to be ready? You know, obviously he's probably going to miss a good chunk uh, of the off season, which is not going to not going to help his cause. Uh, so I, I think it's, you know, uh, pretty risky, you know, based on what we have seen over over two years. You throw the ACL injury in there to boot. I, I think it'd be pretty risky to to kind of pencil him in at, at any starting position right now. Uh, you know, I, he just hasn't shown enough. And, and I know he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities, but the reason for that is, you know, because they, they haven't felt that he's done well enough, obviously, in practice and preseason. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I would be hesitant to to put much um, uh, put a high priority on him being a, uh, a significant player uh, next year. I think he's really going to have to prove himself, especially coming back from uh, from the ACL. You know, we've seen, obviously, with Taylor Lewan that, that it can it can take a while. It's not automatic that in that first year back that everything goes right back to, to you know, as, as healthy as you were before. On the flip side of that, though, Denard just mentioned the man, Jeffrey Simmons, who has shown that you, you can come back from a knee injury pretty quickly and, and, and be productive these days. But uh, but as Denard referenced, Jeffrey Simmons has uh, 
has created some some drama and some tension for Tennessee Titans fans here in the last few days by scrubbing all mentions of the uh, of the team from his social media accounts, which uh, which sounds to me like uh, a guy who got a re- a report from his agent that uh, that negotiations on a long term contract are are not going the way he. Uh, he he wants uh, you know he he's not satisfied with things he's he's trying to trying to send a message that way uh you know denard is that a uh, you know you didn't have to go through these things when you were a player but do you no, think that no. catches the attention of uh of franchise officials or is that just sort of standard operating procedure these days well it worked for aj last year <laughs> <laughs> it worked well because he's a rich man so if you have to go to social media to plead your case hey it's not a bad thing to do yeah, I guess uh, not. not. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, De- Debo Samuel, I think, did the same thing with the 49ers yeah. last he year, did. though, and sure uh, did. and, and Kyler ended, Murray ended up staying there. Yeah, but, yeah, and you know what's weird, uh, David, is you know Jeffrey and his agent right now they're eyeing one thing, and that's that Aaron Donald contract, that three-year contract extension that's going to pay AD ninety-five million dollars. So you know the big man is looking at Aaron Donald, and you know that's what the agents do when they go uh, in a room to talk business and to put together a new contract. They look at who's right now the top dog uh, at that position, and we know that Aaron Donald uh, is the pinnacle, but we know that Jeffrey Simmons, when he went head-to-head against AD, he really uh, showed out, and he showed why he, you know, he deserves that type of money. And not to mention, when you look at Jeffrey Simmons, I'm not going to get into the 54 tackles and the seven and a half sacks. Only thing you have to do to know that this young man deserves that type of money is what is one of the most, uh, I think, co- something very covenant to most players is that when you're voted, you talk about the top 100 players in 2022. He finished 54. <laughs> That's pretty great. And considering the fact that in 2021, he finished 78. So that tells you this, this young man, I mean, he's on his way to stardom. So again, it, it's all about keeping him happy. I, I would hate to see him get out of Nashville. I don't want to see this be a situation like what's going on in Baltimore with uh, Lamar Jackson. But again, you know, David, in this league, it's all about compensation. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's the, uh, you know that that's that that's the goal for most players. You know, Super Bowl is Super Bowl and money are one and one a. I think for for most people, depending. Uh, you know, guys will have uh, guys will have differences uh, as to which is which there. But uh, um, you know, John, I'll ask you the same question. How how can I guess how concerned should fans be, or, and at what point of the off season does does no contract extension start to really become an issue here i mean he is on the franchise tag right he's uh or he's got on the fifth year no, option no, no. excuse me he's on the fifth year option so he's under contract for this season i mean there there you know there's not an issue there but so so at what point though does does this become a real problem you think I think, it, you know, th- this kind of thing is, as you referenced before, you know, we saw this kind of behavior with, with, uh, with AJ Brown. We saw it with Debo Samuel. And before that, uh, I think Arizona's, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, was, was kind of the first one to sort of get the ball rolling with this whole scrub the social media, uh, account of, of, you know, connections to the, to the team. And, and what it does, it, you know, it, it raises the fact that there's discontent, uh, in their camp, that they're not happy. You know, this was something that that you know 
players couldn't do, you know, before before social media was so huge. This is an option now to let the world know, hey, I'm not I'm not happy with this team. Is it uh, of itself something that that got these players new bigger contracts? But I no, but but I think it's a step. Uh, I, I do think. Uh, you know, and especially when you look at the Titans and what happened just one year ago with when AJ Brown, this was the beginning of the end of AJ Brown was the whole social media account, and then it led to this, and it led to this, and it led to that, and eventually AJ Brown was a rich man, but he wasn't in a Titans uniform anymore. So Titans fans, there's plenty of Titans fans out there thinking, oh no, here, you know, here we go again. This is exactly the same sort of thing, and that creates a little bit of discontent, a little bit of stress level. I suspect, uh, you know, for for front office, uh, are they are they going to dash out with an immediate huge contract? No, but it, it's discontent nonetheless. It's a little agitation. It's something that the that the player can do. So, you know, the the longer it goes, and and uh, you know, the the longer uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who obviously is is another franchise cornerstone that they really have to have back, then then I think the pressure increases. Uh, on the front office. And, and again, part of the reason for that is because of what happened last year. You know, we're all still talking about A.J. Brown and what a, what a terrible move it wound up being uh, that, that he left or, you know, that, that he was ended up being traded instead of getting a new contract. So these are the, the first steps, uh, you know, to show, hey, I'm, I'm angry. I, I want something to happen. Uh, I want more of a sense of urgency. And what's happening now? We're talking about this. Writers are writing about this. Fans are talking about this. So, and, and from that, in that respect, the the ball, the wheel is is, is rolling for Jeffrey Simmons. And, and and it's become a you know it's become another popular. Well, no, I, I'm I'm confusing the franchise tag and the fifth year option again. Jeffrey Simmons has no. I mean, there there's no point in him holding out in in terms of. Right financial benefit or whatnot if 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 he were to not show up in training camp you know we he he sort of was persona non grata there for a little while last offseason if he were to not show up in training camp he's not gaining anything in terms of security that way so there's there's no benefit there Uh, I mean all he's looking for at this point is security beyond the 2023 season and uh and and I you know to Denard's point something in the neighborhood of of Aaron Donald's contract. I mean he is not a two or three time defensive player of the year at this point, but in in pretty much every other performance metric. And I, and I would assume if you would talk to interior offensive linemen across the league, they would tell you there's probably not a big difference between an Aaron Donald and and a Jeffrey Simmons. But uh, you know and let's be let's be clear about this. Titans are good on the defensive line. That that is one area that they don't have personnel shortages. But you're just not going to find guys like Jeffrey Simmons. He, you know, he, we to go back to the AJ thing. You, there's wide receivers all over this this league in this game right now. Titans traded AJ Brown had nothing resembling him last year. It'd be way harder to try and try and replicate a Jeffrey Simmons than it would even an AJ Brown. So it's, I mean, this is, this is one that I, I think we all agree it's going to get done. It It's just, uh, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is an emotional guy and, and, 
and, and I, I think, you know, his, his emotions are showing at this point, but, uh, uh, you know, Denard, you've talked about it. If you're, uh, if you're Roger McCreary, if you're Kevin Byard, if you're Amani Hooker, you know, those guys, as much as anybody right now are saying to themselves, Oh God, just get this deal done. Right. Let's, let's keep this guy around forever because he's a, he's a secondary's best friend, isn't he? Those defensive linemen, they are your best friend. And without them, you know what? I tell you, believe me, I know uh, the first two years, you're talking about coverage, and, and you have to stay in coverage a lot longer, uh, as opposed to when we got Javon Curse, it was like night and day, David. You will miss Jeffrey Simmons if he uh, somehow that some other team scoops him up. They don't want to let him out of there. But, yeah, you need players like that. You, you showed me a great defensive line. You can you can have an average secondary. You can still win. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Lamar Jackson a minute ago, and and interestingly, the uh, the Ravens put the non-exclusive franchise tag on him, which uh, which which amounts to a thirty-two point four one million dollar deal for this year. But it gives the uh, it gives the the quarterback, the the former NFL MVP, the opportunity to to talk to other teams, and and if he gets an offer, the the Ravens will have have the right to uh, to to match it. it it's uh, that's probably not a deal that that affects the Titans directly, but uh, but but John, you know, I'll, I'll ask you how interesting is this in terms of just the 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 whole business, the way the way business is going to be conducted over the next couple of weeks here in, in the NFL, and and what uh, what what might happen on you know to a number of teams in terms of their budgeting here. Yeah, sure. I mean, from a business standpoint, I think one of the first questions that, that's going to be answered here, you know, from, from all accounts, and, and we're obviously not involved in the negotiations and have firsthand knowledge ourselves, but from all accounts, it sounds as if uh, Lamar Jackson is seeking a deal similar to the one Deshaun Watson got with the Cleveland Browns, you know, a guaranteed five-year, $230 million deal. So I think that's the the first kind of litmus test here is, you know, Lamar Jackson, who is probably what the top, top five NFL quarterbacks, certainly a top 10, no doubt about that. Maybe top five. Uh, um, is he good enough, you know, to, to command that kind of a quarterback contract? Uh, is anybody willing to pay that same kind of uh, money that, that the Cleveland Browns paid Deshaun Watson? And I think it's going to, happen i don't think any any team at least in the near future is going to is going to line up and say yep that's the new precedent we're going to give out five year 230 million dollar guaranteed fully guaranteed contracts i just don't see it happen so if you're the ravens and and you're the you know your only two options really seemingly are you know tag him or or give him the deshaun watson type contract you know i i, I don't blame them uh you know the they went with the uh, with the franchise tag route. Now, what's interesting is it's the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means another team, if they wanted to make a contract offer, could pony up two first-round draft picks and and offer up a, a contract. The Ravens would have a chance to match that deal if they wanted to. So that's the next uh, question that has to be answered: Are teams willing to to make that kind of offer? And so far. Uh, you know, there don't seem to be just from rumors, innuendo and so forth. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be an indication that there's going to be a rush to try and uh, and get Lamar Jackson. Denard Walker, when you played 
how much concern was there among players about collusion? And if and if Lamar Jackson does not get a, a contract offer from another team, how loud will the cries of collusion be, do you think? Well, I don't know how loud it would be. I mean, you, you got to understand, first of all, what what is that non-exclusive franchise tag? Look at it like this. It's kind of like a win-loss situation. If you're Steve Bouchard, who's the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, just like say if you let Lamar go and you're not willing to match that offer, you do gain two first-round draft picks this year and next year, right? Correct. That's the way it works. So would that be a win for Baltimore? If, but do, can you, if even if you think that's a win, can you replace the production of Lamar Jackson? It's kind of like a win-loss situation. You know, it's, this is going to, this is a situation where if you're the general manager and let's say if we're in Cleveland right now, did the Deshaun Watson deal work out? It's not looking very good. It's not, it, it's an organization look like they went backwards. The, I, I, you know, guys, of course, everybody wants to get compensated, but if you a GM and you make this move and if it doesn't work, you out of a job and not to mention, look what you lose in return. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see, and and it, it'll be interesting to see if this is, if sets sort of a a new precedent for how teams deal with some of these free agent issues going forward. But those are uh, those are discussions for another day. This discussion is done uh, for John Glennon for Denard Walker. I am David Beauclair. Thank you as always for listening to Believe in Titans, brought to you by Bet Online. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.